The Graphic Histories Podcast. Hey, did you know it's time for another edition of the Graphic Histories Podcast, hosted by Andre Mayette, featuring a theme song by Ukula the Mock, a song called Superpowers? Well, if you didn't know, now you know, and welcome to the show. Real pleasure to have you with me if you're a first-time listener. Welcome, welcome. I hope you enjoy listening. I also hope you enjoy listening to the previous ones, to the future ones, to the ones that may have been made, might not be made, might be in a Schrodinger's cat box of uh, uncertainty, half-made, not-quite-made, formless, and infinite. Hope you like all of those, especially the metaphysical ones. And welcome to today's episode. Today's episode will feature Helmut Zemo. Actually, not just Helmut Zemo. uh, Helmut and Heinrich Zemo, the two men who most prominently were featured in the comic books under the name Baron Zemo. Some say Zemo, some say Zemo. I have a history of saying Zemo, so I want to stick with Zemo. However, I'm incorrect, I'm sure I will hear about it. I just want to thank some of our listeners out there who have spoke up on social media. I know previous guest Andrew Clark always shares and likes the uh, the events of this, which make me really happy to see. Thank you, Andrew. And Tony White, who will be a future guest in the show, I'm sure, uh, has posted about it, sent some uh, some suggestions, kind of, in his comments, which I've taken to heart because Tony, today's episode... It's quite a bit longer, so I hope you enjoy that as well. I, I, I can't fault any fan who's saying, I, I just wish there was more. Give me more. And because of this, Tony, I'm going to give you more. It also happened, coincidentally, to be the fact that Zemo has a long history in comic books, so his bio is quite a bit longer than the average person, and there's a lot more to go through. So, you know, it's worked out that way. However, let's just pretend that I did it just for you, Tony. It's all for you, Tony. It's all for you. But uh, the rest of you, thank you for tuning in. This will be a really fun episode. Uh, in the comic world and, uh, you know, the world of comic films, there's been some small amount of news. There's a new trailer for The Mandalorian that just came out, the second season. I'm a very big fan of that series. I'm very, very excited to watch season two. Someone got me a bit earlier with one of those fake trailers turning into a Rickroll I was not pleased, however, now with the full teaser trailer put out, and we get to see some of those characters we knew and loved from the first season back, and uh, and some of the new sort of areas we're going to be going into, and, and the sort of direction the show's going. I'm very excited to see where they're going to go with that. It's going to be really cool. Another big piece of news is that the actor whose name escapes me from the show Lovecraft Country um, is cast to be in the next Ant-Man movie. Um, which is pretty cool. Uh, as that's a show I've been really eager to get into. Uh, his name is Jonathan Majors, as I've just looked up. There is a heavy rumor. I don't know if it's confirmed or not that he will be playing Kang, the Conqueror, long-standing time-traveling villain of the Avengers, and most certainly future 
uh, person on this show. In fact, let's jump ahead and say he will be next week's uh, episode will feature Kang the Conqueror. Why not? Why not? It's my show. I can do what I want. Uh, I kind of said to some friends, just talking in passing about the future of the Marvel films, where they're going to go with Phase 5. And I thought, you know, since time travel played heavily into the resolution of Infinity War and Endgame, that Kang the Conqueror would be a, a pretty good choice for a future villain in what I assume to be an Avengers movie. The fact they're putting him in Ant-Man and the Wasp is really interesting because they have, they sort of, I guess Ant-Man is the one who sort of brought in the time travel aspect to those movies. So it's fitting that he tangle with Kang the Conqueror. But Kang the Conqueror is a long-standing villain in the Marvel Universe and certainly has a lot of gravitas that comes with this name so I'll be very interested to see what they do with it and where it goes but if you're wondering where this is going to go it's going to end right here and go right into the next episode of the Graphic Histories Podcast episode number 21 Baron Zemo Heinrich Zemo was born in the year 1900, the 12th to bear the title Baron in a long line of German aristocrats. Growing up at his ancestral castle in Zulnes, Germany, Heinrich received the very best education, excelling in science and becoming one of the leading scientific minds in Europe. He would pause his studies to serve as a soldier during World War I. Subscribing to a false sense of nationalism, Zemo would join the Nazi party soon after its inception, and during this time meet and marry a woman named Hilda, with the two bearing a son named Helmut. He was at first a loving husband and father, but the hatred instilled by his political affiliations would change him over time. In 1933, Heinrich traveled to the United States to meet Dr. Nikola Tesla, using the research he gained there to help develop the Teleforce, a powerful and destructive laser weapon. After the outbreak of World War II, our subject quickly became one of Hitler's top scientists and also one of the most wanted agents in the Axis. In November 1941, Zemo arrived in Tunisia to help his fellow Nazi operative Baron Wolfgang von Strucker against the U.S. Army. There, Zemo first encountered American superheroes Captain America and Bucky, managing to remain undetected. His presence would reach a global scale when Allied Sergeant Nick Fury and his Howling Commandos invaded Zemo's castle to destroy the aptly named Death Ray he had created in 1942. Zemo was defeated but managed to escape in an event that left him vilified across the globe, even in Germany, where Zemo would take his wife and son into hiding. After this event, Heinrich would begin wearing a purple mask to hide his identity from those who would seek his downfall. Zemo later acquired a sample of vibranium that had accidentally been transported to the past from the Baxter Building, home of the Fantastic Four. The super team would travel back in time and join hero group the Invaders in defeating the Baron, returning the sample to its proper time. Zemo would create a new invention known as Adhesive X when Captain America infiltrated his laboratories, destroying the only supply. During the battle, the adhesive would cover Zemo's cowled head, becoming permanently asphyxed. As a result, Zemo was consumed with a violent, insane hatred for Captain America and mankind in general. Seeking her missing husband, Hilda Zemo would seek the aid of his mortal enemies, Captain America and Bucky, in 1943. The dynamic duo would find and stop him from creating the Medusa Effect, a massive weapon capable of decimating the United States Air Force. Later that same year, Zemo faced the mysterious hero named Citizen V in Poland. In 
and would strangle him to death with his own hands in order to break the spirits of his followers, the V Battalion. In another sadistic act, this time in Austria, Heinrich captured and dissected the first human torch, an android, to learn the source of his powers. He used his artificial DNA to create his own army of inhuman torches, sending a squad to attack the invaders. The time-traveling Thunderbolts, a team from the modern age, which we will discuss later, helped defeat the creatures by trapping them under a snowfall and tearing them apart. They then rescued the torch and destroyed Zemo's lab, leaving the madman to fill his place in history in numerous campaigns against the Allies and Captain America. In 1945, Heinrich was issued orders from the Red Skull to sabotage an experimental drone that was planned to be launched from an island on the English Channel. Captain America and his sidekick Bucky appeared, attempting to stop the event, but were captured. The Baron then launched the plane as the heroes escaped and chased after it. Bucky was apparently killed when a bomb Zemo had placed aboard the plane exploded, throwing Captain America into the ocean, which led him into a period of suspended animation. Soon after, Zemo left Germany and his family in the final days of the war, hiding away in a base he had constructed in the South American jungle. Over the following decades, Zemo constructed a device to use his death ray against entire cities and regain power. His rise also coincided with the return of his former enemy, Captain America, who had joined the super team known as the Avengers. To counteract this development, Heinrich created his own team of supervillains, calling them the Masters of Evil, in order to destroy the Avengers recruiting Amora, the Enchantress, Scourge, the Executioner, Radioactive Man, Melter, and the Black Knight. Their scheme to turn Thor against the other Avengers failed, as did their plan to use Wonder Man as a pawn to try and gain the hero team's trust. After failing in their various attempts to overthrow Earth's mightiest heroes, Zemo would rescue his fellow conspirators from capture and attack the team head-on. While the Avengers were distracted in battle, Zemo would capture Captain America's new sidekick, Rick Jones, then acting as Cap's partner. Cap and Zemo dueled in South America, where, blinded by the glare from his opponent's shield, Zemo fired his death ray wildly, causing a rock slide that resulted in his death as he plummeted into a volcano. Zemo would return briefly to the land of the living in the far future as he was pulled from time by another villain, only to return to the point of his death after these events had ended. Thus ends the life of the father, but shifting our focus to the son, Helmet, the thirteenth man to inherit the title, Baron Zemo. Learning of his father's death, Helmet, now an engineer and strategist himself, blamed Captain America and adopted the guise of the Phoenix in order to kill him in revenge. Zemo was defeated, however, as he ironically fell into a vat of his father's creation, Adhesive X, leaving him horribly disfigured. He resurfaced years later, adopting his birthright and bearing the name Baron Zemo, now working with Arnim Zola and his monstrous mutant creations. At this time, he allied with arch-villain Primus, kidnapping Steve Rogers' childhood friend Arnold Roth in order to lure the star-spangled Avenger into a trap, forcing the hero to fight hordes of mutates before revealing that he knew his closely guarded secret identity. After escaping defeat, Zemo later encountered Cynthia Schmidt, also known as Mother Superior, or Sin, and her father, the Red Skull. Zemo underwent training with the evil pair, joining them in brainwashing David Cox, another friend of Steve Rogers. After many failed attempts at world domination and killing Steve Rogers, Helmet would recreate his father's team of supervillains, the Masters of Evil. Under his direction, the villains succeeded in taking over the mansion headquarters of the Avengers, where Zemo was ultimately confronted by Captain America and overpowered. Once again, Zemo, with the help of Batroc's brigade, tried to resurrect his father using the mystical bloodstone. He succeeded only to learn that his father was nothing but disappointed in him. 
Helmut Zemo later married Baroness Heike, with the newlyweds living together in Castle Zemo and organizing a new dastardly scheme. The Kinder were a group of abducted children who were originally captured as part of a white slavery ring by mastermind Damon Duran. Helmet and the Baroness picked 25 children whom they deemed worthy and adopted them into their home, brainwashing them into developing a fanatical devotion to the Nazi party and their caretakers. Captain America and his partner Diamondback followed a lead on the missing children and defeated Zemo and the Baroness, freeing their captive wards. Zemo later put plans in motion to create a new Masters of Evil. However, Captain America and the Avengers were believed dead after seemingly sacrificing their lives to stop the psychic menace known as Onslaught. Helmet was despondent, devoid of purpose with the loss of his greatest foes. Instead, Zemo hatched a new idea of leading the Masters and masquerading as a new heroic super team to replace the Avengers, accumulating public trust and resources until they are ready to strike. Zemo himself adopted the alias of Citizen V, after the 1940s adventurer slain by his father. Under Zemo's direction, the team calling themselves the Thunderbolts were accepted as New York's newest heroes, far easier than they would have expected, and were soon given access to equipment used by heroes such as the Avengers and the Fantastic Four. The team worked alongside Spider-Man and battled various villains in New York City. Using this newfound trust and equipment, the Baron nearly succeeded in taking over the entire world, but the Thunderbolts wanting to continue as heroes mutinied with Zemo, barely escaping despite his use of the reborn Avengers as mind-controlled pawns. Zemo tried to effect his revenge on the Thunderbolts from his father's base in South America, but was ultimately unsuccessful. He was then confronted by a new Citizen V, claiming to be the true heir to the title. Zemo escaped capture, remaining at large for several months. Zemo was later targeted by the mysterious Scourge, who was actually former Captain America psychic Nomad under mind control. Battling in Helmet's lair, he would mount a strong defense but ultimately lose and have his head removed for his troubles. However, Zemo survived due to a failsafe device engineered by his robotic associate, Techno, a failsafe which transferred Zemo's consciousness to a computer at the moment of his death. Techno, formerly the villain The Fixer, Known for a perverse sense of humor, transferred Zemo's consciousness into the comatose body of adventurer John Watkins III, who had operated as the modern Citizen V with a covert group known as the V Battalion. Once more hiding in plain sight as Citizen V, Zemo pretended to be the revived Watkins and assumed Watkins' former role as the leading agent of the V Battalion, a role which brought him into contact with various members of the Avengers and the Thunderbolts once again. For a time, Zemo as Citizen V was offered leadership over the Redeemers, a team of super agents organized by the Commission for Superhuman Affairs. Shortly afterward, the Redeemers were confronted by the Thunderbolt's archenemy Graviton, who proceeded to slaughter the heroes before attempting to reshape the world in his own image. Zemo escaped and decided to reactivate his former Thunderbolt teammates, Mach 3 and Songbird, as the Thunderbolts were disbanded at the time. The remaining founding Thunderbolts, Meteorite and the Fixer, initially agreed to serve Graviton in order to be spared, but they soon switched allegiances. Through a mixture of surprise tactics and negotiation, the Thunderbolts managed to fight Graviton to a standstill, and reveal that the aliens known as the Bata were using Graviton's energies to open a portal to the Bata's dimension. The Thunderbolts fought back the Bata invasion, but it took Graviton's dying effort to cause the portal to implode, sending Zemo's presence back to the mechanical systems of the Fixer. Graviton saved the Thunderbolts by using his powers to send them to the planet known as Counter-Earth, a parallel world where Captain America and the Avengers were sent after seemingly sacrificing themselves against Onslaught. Although Fixer knew he contained the disembodied consciousness of Zemo, Zemo purposefully kept his presence a secret from the other Thunderbolts. In secret, Zemo and Fixer confronted Zemo's counterpart on Counter-Earth, the German hero Iron Cross, with Fixer 
placing Zemo's mind within his convenient counterpart. Now reborn, Zemo confronted his counterpart's father, who had embarked on a global takeover scheme and killed him, wishing to conquer the world in his own right. Helmut then invited the Thunderbolts to join him in conquering Counter-Earth. The rest of the team, however, wanted to save the troubled world rather than conquer it. Zemo began aiding them in their efforts, initially to win over converts to his cause of ruling civilization, but found himself coming to regard the business of world-saving as an intriguing avenue to achieve the same goals. The Thunderbolts went on to revive the flying city of Attilan and populate it with refugees and survivors of the war-torn and nearly destroyed planet. The Thunderbolts became renowned for their heroism and efforts to solve the world's problems. They were hailed by many to be the world's saviors, often leaving Zemo flushed with conflicted feelings. Eventually, the team encountered a spacecraft whose engines emitted radiation that had begun eating Counter-Earth from the inside, and confronted a being born of that very radiation known as Anomaly. The teen rebel soldiers called the young allies arrived to show the Thunderbolts that the void created by the machine was linked to the primary Earth-616, and claimed only one planet could survive. Zemo is ready to use Anomaly to pull the real Earth into the void, destroying it. The rest of his Thunderbolts, however, embarked on a plan to combine their powers to punt the alien ship off the Earth and sever the link between the worlds. However, in order to complete this plan, the Thunderbolts needed to be inside the void in order to keep it clear of the real Earth as it closed. By doing so, they would re-emerge from the void on the real Earth, forfeiting their roles and place on Counter-Earth. Immediately upon exiting the void, the Thunderbolts confronted their former teammates, Hawkeye and Songbird, who had formed another version of the Thunderbolts on Earth and were also trying to plug the real Earth's counterpart to Counter-Earth's spacecraft. The two teams of Thunderbolts combined forces to plug the void and remove the alien ship from Earth. After much discussion, Hawkeye agreed to leave the Thunderbolts to Zemo's leadership reluctantly coming to agree that the Baron had proved he had the potential to be a hero. Zemo congratulated his team, claiming to be embarking on a new mission based on his experiences on Counter-Earth, serving the best interests of the world at large, even if it meant they would have to rule it in order to save it. Our subject led the Thunderbolts in many acts of questionable heroism, where the ends justified the means. In fact, Zemo's ultimate plan involved the creation of the Liberator, a device that would drain abnormal uses of energy throughout the world. He hoped this would reduce global threats, eliminate superhuman terrorism, and stabilize the world's status quo. The Thunderbolts succeeded in launching the Liberator, only to be challenged by the Avengers. Feeling betrayed, Moonstone absorbed the powers that the Liberator had harnessed, combining them with her already increased powers. As she battled the Avengers, however, her emotional state combined with her near-cosmic power began to threaten the entire planet. The Thunderbolts and the Avengers teamed up to confront Moonstone. During the battle, Helmet blocked Moonstone's blasts of energy from striking Captain America which left him hideously scarred once again. Ultimately, the teams defeated Moonstone by removing the alien gems that gave her her powers. Zemo grabbed the two Moonstones, shouting to the Avengers that they had made a mistake in destroying his vision, and promptly teleported away. Using the alien objects, the Baron was sent back in time, traveling through the centuries and countering key events of his forefathers of the Zemo lineage. In 1503, Zemo inspired the young Heller Zemo to kill his corrupt father, Hadamar, and fulfill his role as the third Baron Zemo, then... During the Seven Years' War, Zemo saved the life of Elsbeth Klein-Ninschewitz, the Jewish fiancé of Hilliard Zemo, from an anti-Semitic execution. In 1879, Zemo secretly became the traveling guard of Hobart Zemo. However, he failed to save Hobart's life during a civilian uprising. And during World War I, Zemo met his grandfather, Herman Zemo, and witnessed him utilizing chemical warfare against British forces led by the fabled hero, Union Jack. Finally in his journey, Zemo came face to face with his father during his tenure as a Nazi. This resulted in a violent fight between father and son before the younger Zemo escaped back to his own time. 
Upon arriving in the present, Zemo is greeted by his distant cousin, Wendell Volker, who is responsible for bringing Zemo to his current timeline and intended on killing the Baron himself. But Volker hesitated and could not complete his task. Failing his mission, the would-be assassin opted for suicide, with our subject stopping him and offering his tutelage instead. When Steve Rogers was seemingly killed by a sniper's bullet after the superhero Civil War, Bucky Barnes stepped into the role fulfilling the wishes of his former mentor, who had hoped Barnes could shed the excess baggage he carried from his time as a mind-controlled Russian hitman known as the Winter Soldier. Baron Zemo recruited the iron-handed Jurgen Huptman of Red Skull's former employee, as well as a new female beetle and the Fixer to expose Bucky's sins to the world. Helmet revealed to the public that Burns had been the Winter Soldier, and that Burns was simply given his role as Captain America, putting the former sidekick and assassin through a gauntlet so he could prove his worth to wear the mantle. Still holding resentment towards Hawkeye for leading the Thunderbolts, Zemo arranged for Clint Barton's brother Barney to be trained as the new trickshot when the former archer was dying of cancer in an attempt to usurp the Avenger. He would then help crown a new queen of the shadow organization Hydra and tangle with the Hulk and Daredevil then go on to lead a Shadow Council created by Max Fury prior to his death. After a release of Terrigan Mists hit planet Earth, creating a new Inhumans from the Homo sapiens that carried the inactive gene, Baron Zemo, with the help of other supervillain affiliates of Hydra, started recruiting some of these new superpowered beings. One of them, a child named Lucas, had a particular feature. His blood contained a toxin capable of sterilizing human beings. Believing he was going to create a pure and brand new world with Hydra ruling over it, Helmut recruited the child and began a scheme until the newest Captain America and former Falcon, Sam Wilson, along with Ian Zola, the new Nomad, intervened. Lucas was freed after a bloody battle with Hydra and the Baron, only to reveal his betrayal as a Hydra agent, shooting Sam in the shoulder and leaving him at the hands of hired gun, Crossbones. Nomad was also killed in the battle, with Zemo sending a photo of the fallen hero to a now elderly Steve Rogers to taunt his enemy with the death of his adopted son. With Hydra's master plan seemingly success and Sam Wilson thought to be dead, Zemo retired to a hidden base in Florida. While the Hydra agents were distracted by Zemo's victory speech, Captain America knocked out crossbones and the pilot of the ship containing fleas infected with Lucas's blood. Zemo engaged in a fight with Sam to buy enough time to Lucas to enter and activate the ship and continue with the plan. Realizing what Zemo did, Sam tried to stop Lucas, but Zemo was able to incapacitate him with his sword, stabbing the American Avenger. As Sam tried to use his telepathic link with birds to make them eat the released infected fleas, Zemo tried to stop him with a further attack, but was too late. Enraged by having his plan thwarted, Zemo prepared to decapitate Sam, but was hit by a surprisingly alive nomad. Zemo fought back and contacted his last Hydra operative standing, only to discover that the mercenary had been paid a whole lot more money than Zemo was going to pay him by S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Misty Knight to not launch the bomb containing Lucas's blood. Zemo was subsequently knocked unconscious. Sam left Ian to deal with the remaining Hydra forces while he would deal with Hydra's contingency plane in France. While Nomad battled Batroc the Leaper and already recovered, Zemo waited for his backup plan, Nazi vampire Baron Blood, to reach the atmosphere so he could activate his second bomb. Ian, having defeated Batroc, attacked the Baron, buying Sam enough time to reach Blood. Zemo was critically injured by his own sword in the fray, but survived and was quickly captured by S.H.I.E.L.D. and imprisoned in their newest holding facility, a small town named Pleasant Hill. The inmates of Pleasant Hill had their memories and appearances changed with the use of a sentient cosmic cube named Kobik. In the case of Baron Zemo, he was turned into a simple young man named Jim. 
After taking some time to adapt to his new life at Pleasant Hill due to his lack of memories, Jim was approached by a fellow citizen who offered him to get answers. After showing Jim a videotape that revealed Pleasant Hill's true nature as a prison, this mysterious man revealed to Jim that he had subconsciously created a device that could revert them back to their true selves. The activation of the device returned Baron Zemo back to his normal self, and it revealed his ally to be the Fixer. Furious at the perversion of his identity, Zemo vowed to bring down Pleasant Hill around S.H.I.E.L.D.'s ears and bury them within it. Using Fixer's device, Baron Zemo had several of his fellow inmates regain their memories and the ability to shift between their false and true selves. After building a supervillain armory in secret, Zemo launched a coordinated assault that spiraled Pleasant Hill into chaos, freeing the rest of the prisoners from Kobik's grasp. Helmet proceeded to turn the town hall, which also served as S.H.I.E.L.D.'s main outpost, into a lockup to hold numerous S.H.I.E.L.D. personnel and citizens hostage, including S.H.I.E.L.D. Director Maria Hill and the still elderly Steve Rogers. Rogers eventually managed to escape from Zemo and began looking for Kobik to have her restore peace. The villains also hunted her down with the objective of bringing her to Zemo and strip her of her sentience using one of the fixer's devices. With Kobik reverted to a more primal state of a cosmic cube, Zemo would have reshaped reality and turned S.H.I.E.L.D. and the rest of the world into his slaves in a similar way in which he was stripped of his identity at Pleasant Hill. Kobik was captured by Zemo, but Steve Rogers, who had been returned to vigor by the omnipotent child, rallied the Avengers and its Unity Division against him and his army of supervillains to save her. When Kobik was freed from the Fixer's device, she showed her resentment towards Zemo for the conflict at Pleasant Hill and transported him far away to the Himalayas. With Zemo was also teleported Eric Selvig, Kobik's caretaker, for having used her to do whatever S.H.I.E.L.D. had wanted. Unbeknownst to anyone, Kobik had been indoctrined in secret by the Red Skull in the ways of Hydra while she was still in S.H.I.E.L.D. custody, using her powers to exist both with him and her caretakers at the same time. Her innocently deranged set of values caused her to turn Steve Rogers into a Hydra agent when she restored his vitality. In order to do so, she inserted false memories into his brain, memories of a past where he had been a Hydra double agent since before becoming Captain America. One of the most important aspects of Steve's new memories was the presence of Helmut Zemo as his best friend when living at a Hydra Academy at an early age. In the present, Rogers returned to the mantle of Captain America and tracked down Baron Zemo, when the villain had traveled to Baggalia in an attempt to recreate the Masters of Evil. Zemo was forced to flee after being ambushed by Captain America and his allies, Jack Flagg and the Free Spirit. Captain America managed to intercept Zemo's getaway plane and faked both Selvig and Zemo's deaths. Steve kept Zemo captive at his new secret base of operations, making Helmet his unwilling confidant. Over the course of the following months, Rogers managed to convince Zemo that the life he had lived without Steve by his side was a false one. After the Punisher brought his war and crime to Zemo's domain of Begalia, Zemo traveled to New York City after he got Castle labeled as an international terrorist. Punisher then came to the States to settle the score with Zemo, where the Baron allied himself with Mayor Wilson Fisk, formerly known as the Kingpin, who came up with a plan to deal with Castle once and for all. Joined by several of his former colleagues, the Baron adopted his old costume identity of Citizen V and revealed a new incarnation of the Thunderbolts during a press conference led by Fisk where he said that he and his team will end the Punisher's reign of terror on New York and restore order to the city. One of the members of the new Thunderbolts was the Ghost, who apparently double-crossed Emo and killed him on the Kingpin's behalf, after Fist decided to dispose of him. However, in reality, Ghost was working with Emo, and it was just a part of his plan to convince Kingpin and the world of his demise. Shortly afterward, he was rematerialized and went into hiding while he tried to rebuild Hydra in secret. 
A mysterious person took advantage of Zemo's fake death and started to gain control over Hydra, eventually becoming Zemo's top competitor for the title of Supreme Hydra. Often pulling strings from the shadows, whenever an evil scheme is revealed, there is a very good chance that Baron Zemo may have orchestrated it. Whatever the future holds for the German aristocrat, one thing can be certain. It will involve the destruction of Captain America and the pursuit of a pure Earth remade in his image. Helmet Zemo, what a jerk. Not, <laughs> who can blame him? I mean, he came from a long lineage of hate, including his father, Henrik Zemo, who we touched on, and some of his previous uh, ancestors that he got to visit on his trip through time. So, uh, interesting character, where they will go with him in future comics, who knows? I know with the kind of rise of the alt-right and some of their troublesome, and by troublesome, I mean batshit crazy, ideas about uh, race and, and that sort of thing. I feel like this is a good time for an enterprising comic writer to kind of touch on that, tie it back to Baron Zemo and Red Skull and, and the whole Nazi regime because there's some really interesting stuff to mine and some really cool social commentary that could come out of those sort of comic books. So as I mentioned before, next week I'll be delving into Kang the Conqueror, who is a long-standing Avengers villain and uh, rumored to be the bad guy in the upcoming... Ant-Man and the Wasp sequel and cap off the Ant-Man trilogy. Uh, so very excited to see where they go with that. But uh, in the meantime, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have enjoyed all the previous episodes. And I hope you're just having fun in general and life is good. Thank you very much for tuning into the Graphic Histories Podcast. My name is Andre Myatt, and I will catch you next week. <laughs>